Welcome to another episode of the Neuro Experience Podcast. I'm Louisa. I'm your host. Very excited for today, guys. Normally, you hear me sitting and talking with an expert. And yes, every single week we release an episode. And this is the way we're going to be releasing our episodes. One week we'll be releasing an episode talking with a well-known physician, expert on a particular topic, centered around neuroscience, neurology, and longevity. And every other week, I will be talking and giving an educational-based content episode. As we move further into this realm of the intersection between neuroscience and athleticism, really trying to understand and uncover what it takes to be a peak performer, obviously and essentially looking at it from a neurological perspective, we need to provide a lot of groundwork and I'm very excited to be doing that because as I myself learn more and discover more and coach more, I think it's very important to take you along the journey with me. So in saying that, it brings me to today's episode. You'll notice that it is titled something along the lines of how the brain cleans itself. I think it's a a very important topic to have and one that I'm sure you'll find very fascinating. But before we even get into it, We need to do some groundwork and we need to do some housekeeping because in order to understand how the brain cleans itself, we need to understand a few things as it relates to sleep. So the important thing to know is that sleep has four stages, but there's really two types of sleep. We've got non-REM, which happens at the beginning stages of sleep, and then we have REM cycles. REM stands for rapid eye movement. So when we say non-REM, we, we can equate this to quiet sleep. So during the earliest phases of sleep, you're relatively still awake and alert, and the brain produces what is known as beta waves. So at the beginning of the sleep cycle, we have stage one, non-REM sleep, which is relatively light, a light stage of sleep. And stage one can be considered a transition period between wakefulness and sleep. And for those of you who are interested in EEGs, pretty much the way that this looks like is the brain produces high amplitude theta waves, which are very, very slow brain waves. Then as we move into the night, approximately 20 minutes into sleep, we move into stage two sleep. So this is where the brain produces bursts of rapid rhythmic brainwave activity, which is known as sleep spindles. And this is where the body temperature starts to decrease and your heart rate begins to slow down. And according to the American Sleep Foundation, people spend approximately 50% of their total sleep in this stage. Now, I don't want to spend too much time talking about sleep stages because obviously this is an episode dedicated to the glymphatic system. However, what was very important to understand as housekeeping before we move into the main segment of this episode is we we all go to sleep. We have two types of sleep. It's non-REM and REM. Non-REM is at the start of the sleep. And this is where we also have what we call slow wave sleep, which in my opinion is the beauty sleep. Um, This is where we produce most of our growth hormone secretion. Um, And this is where we, you know, this is what we equate with beauty sleep per se. 
Um, it's the fountain of youth, I believe. Uh, if you look at non, if you look at um, what slow wave sleep does to the brain, in my opinion, it acts as a, uh, a an anti aging drug, if you will. And then REM sleep is at you know towards the end of the night where your brain becomes more active, the body becomes relaxed, immobilized, and this is where dreams occur. So REM sleep is very correlated to when we have those bizarre dreams. You know, most of the dreaming that we have occurs in the fourth stage and it's basically characterized by eye movement. So if you've heard of REM sleep, um, rapid eye movement, it's, it's named this because it's characterized by eye movement. It's, um, we increase our respiration rate, our brain activity increases, and it's also referred to as paradoxical sleep because while the brain and other body systems become more active, muscles become more relaxed. So dreaming occurs due to increased brain activity, but voluntary muscles become immobilized. So let's move on to, now that we've got that sorted, okay, I hope everyone is sleeping, you know, I hope everyone's getting deep sleep and everybody's optimizing for that. Let's now move into the bulk of the episode, how the brain cleans itself. So if you've been uh, on Instagram and you've been on Twitter or you're out there and you're really investigating how to optimize your own brain, you've probably heard of this phenomenon that happens when we sleep, how the brain cleans itself. You're probably wondering, what does that mean? Does somebody come in and, and mop up a few things in your brain overnight and then you wake up and you're feeling great? Well, yes and no. I'm going to explain to you exactly what it is. So the glymphatic system essentially is a cleansing system for the brain that during sleep, it washes away all of the metabolic toxins and byproducts. So every minute of every day, your cells do all sorts of marvelous things, but they also produce waste like carbon dioxide, water, and larger molecules like proteins. But that doesn't mean that, you know, we're full of garbage. In fact, most of the body and the network of vessels called the lymphatic system acts like a sewer to clean that junk away. So it carries waste to your circulatory system where it can be taken to your liver and kidneys and that's where all of these metabolic waste products are disposed. So that's, you know, that's essentially what the lymphatic system is. We've heard of the lymphatic system. We know that it cleans away all of the all of the metabolic waste products in our body. Some of you may have gone out and gotten a an infamous lymphatic drainage massage and we feel good afterwards. But how does this matter to the brain? Does the brain have its own lymphatic system? Well, yes, it does. In fact, it's only recently that scientists discovered this. In 2012, scientists at the University of Rochester used a technique called two-photon microscopy to look at mouse brains. This technique uses lasers to allow scientists to look deep into live tissues for an extended period of time. Now, the researchers saw that there was an active directional flow of cerebral spinal fluid into the spaces between brain cells. What they saw was that older fluid was draining out and it was taking the brain's waste with it. And that is pretty remarkable. 
they didn't know that this existed. So they, they coined this the glymphatic system. And what they found was that all of these toxins were getting cleared away by the cerebral spinal fluid and it was occurring during deep sleep. And they believe that this is because when you're awake, your body produces elevated amounts of a chemical called norepinephrine. And at least in mice, which have somewhat similar brains to humans, norepinephrine suppresses the glymphatic system. So the glymphatic system is more active during sleep. So when you sleep, you're actually keeping your brain clean. And one of the reasons why I mentioned earlier that slow wave sleep is the fountain of youth, in my opinion, is because slow wave sleep in particular seems to be important because it facilitates the proper functioning of the glymphatic system. So when we are in deep sleep, when we are in slow wave sleep, this is when our glymphatic system is active. And I just think that this is, you know, such an incredible thing to realize because some of us wake up and we've got brain fog or we've got headaches or we're just feeling cloudy. Have you ever woken up and you're like, you know, I slept for eight hours, but I feel like I haven't slept. That's probably because your quantity was great, but your quality wasn't great. There's two distinct things that I talk about when I talk with my athletes. I'm talking about, well, yes, we need to optimize for quantity, but we also need to optimize for quality. You've probably heard of sleep hygiene, and this is what it means. We can actually sedate ourselves via sleeping pills, sedate ourselves with alcohol, and we feel like we're getting into, we feel like we're sleeping, but we're not. We're just sedating our brains, which is actually blocking us from getting into these deep sleep stages. So just, you know, as a heads up, remember, we can clean our brain. It, we can do this via...